Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben from the Lean Blog. This is episode number 29 for August 5th, 2007. My guest today is Dr. Sammy Bari from Jacksonville, Florida, who holds the, uh, the title given to him of the world's first lean dentist. So today you'll hear just part of the story of his lean journey. If, if you're thinking, you know, what do I have to learn from a dentist? You know, please give this a try. Give it a listen. I think you'll be amazed and um, you'll learn a ton about lean and, and some new ways of thinking maybe about what you're doing with lean. I've really enjoyed the two chances I've had to talk with Dr. Bari, including this podcast session, and I've been really impressed with his approach to lean. He's gone back to all of the source texts, as, as he'll talk about, including Shingo and Ono, and has really had to figure lean out for himself as opposed to following a cookbook approach. I particularly appreciate how he involves his employees and his staff. It's a great example that I think we can all learn from. If you have any questions or comments for Dr. Bari, he's agreed to do a follow-on podcast. So you can email me at leanpodcast at gmail.com or visit leanpodcast.org to leave a comment. And you can also go there to read some linked articles about Dr. Bari. Thanks for listening. Dr. Bari, I want to thank you for joining us here today on the Lean Blog Podcast. Good to be here, Mark. Thanks for receiving. Absolutely. Um, I was wondering if you could start off by um, telling the audience here how, as as a dentist, you first discovered um, lean methods and how you came to believe that lean could apply to your own dental practice. Well, before before discovering lean, I had tried several uh, management systems. TQM is one of them. In fact, fact, one of my friends who used to run an emergency room here in Jacksonville introduced me to Dr. Deming's teachings. And for a couple of years, I tried to to read statistical process control and uh, the teachings of Dr. Deming. Mm-hmm. I tried to apply them in my practice, and then little by little, I kept looking outside to see uh, in dentistry, outside dentistry, what's going on. And one day, I just got a CD, Lean Thinking. I put it in my car and I started listening. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I heard James Womack talking about his daughter folding. Uh, newsletters for her mom. Right. He asked her the question, why Why don't you fold one letter at a time, mm-hmm. put it in the envelope? And her response was like mine at that time because it's not efficient. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought, that's what I'm doing. I'm not doing one thing at a time. And uh, that was something very new to me. I stopped the CD and I started thinking. Maybe I need to read that. Maybe I need to learn more about it. And that that took me on a very long journey. Yeah. In fact, I I went from lean thinking and uh, I, I started studying Ono, Shingo, and mm. uh, okay. any aspect of lean. That's how that's how it started. In fact, yeah. So I'm I'm curious when you first started investigating different improvement methodologies. You mentioned TQM and Deming. I mean, what what was the original motivation? Uh, and so what, what, you know, how long had you been running your dental practice at that point, and, and why were you looking for improvement methods? Well, I started my dental practice in Jacksonville in 1990. I had been a dentist 10 years before, but it was back in Lebanon. And when I started my first practice in Jacksonville, I really had problems when I started getting busy. I would hire more assistants, and then uh, I had too many patients and too many assistants to manage. And the main problems were really... Patients waiting and complaining about about the wait, 
and uh, assistants not being happy and the turnover ahead. Oh, okay. So, so it was it was really out of control. I wanted to have some control over my practice and over the service for my patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I kept looking. Yeah, and so you you heard the story about folding the newsletter and and the batch processing. So, uh, can you tell us in what ways that seemed familiar to you? You know, I think everyone listening has been. Um, you know, on the patient side of, of the dental office, but, you know, viewing it from a dentist, how did you see a parallel? Well, I saw the parallel that, in fact, we take a patient, we do the exam, x-rays, and then we ask him to come back for the cleaning. Mm-hmm. And then after the cleaning, we ask him to come back for fillings. And after they come back for fillings, we ask him to come back for crowns. So several times to have their mouth healthy, healthy again. Right. So I knew there should be a way to just do the whole mouth without that patient getting tired in the chair to the point where they couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. So I started, in fact, learning with my staff. I would come up with the with ideas from lean thinking and other books like Ono's and Shingo's. And I would say, these people are talking about one-piece flow. What do you think one-piece flow is? Mm-hmm. And uh, we keep thinking about it together. You know, Ono has mentioned had mentioned something that you take the idea and then you go on the gimbal and just just keep it in your head. And as you're working, the answer will come to you. And I found that to be very true. As we were working, the answers would come one after the other to understand lean principles and how they apply to dentistry. Uh, in fact, the good thing that I find is it took me time, but I really learned it in the same time as my staff. Mm-hmm. We were discussing the principles and discovering them one by one. Until today, I feel that we went into a pretty good depth in applying lean in our practice. So this was going back um, how many years now that you have been working on lean? Well, I think I started in 1993 with the book Kaizen. Mm-hmm. At that time, I didn't I didn't really know that Toyota was lean and lean was the Toyota production system. So we started experimenting and trying to improve processes. Uh, then in 1996, we took it more seriously when I when I read the book Kaizen or when I listened to James Womack. Uh, and as you know, the the book starts with Muda, mm-hmm. and we went after Muda just just like he said. We went after Muda. We tried to figure out where the waste is in the process, and we started improving uh, processes here and there. And uh, it was it was improving processes, but we call it. We probably call it today stabilizing processes, mm-hmm. but we started seeing the big leap in lean really when two or three years ago, when we crossed the functional barriers between uh, hygienist and dentist and front desk, and we we said no more departments, just we have one patient and we all focus on the patient. We focus our schedule. We focus the providers would come to that patient and treat them in the room, and that's where we really found uh, that lean has shown its its power. Yeah, you're saying, so it sounds like the, the real benefit came from instead of maybe trying to eliminate waste within a single area, looking at, I guess, what you might call the value stream for the dental patient or the value stream uh, across departments within the office. That's right. It's, uh, it's really the Kaikaku efforts. You know, the Kaikaku, when you really shift from a practice that is based on batch thinking to a practice that's based on flow management and, as you call it, value, value streams. Yeah. And, and Kaikaku, this idea of kind of a, a dramatic improvement as opposed to continuous improvement, right? 
That's right. That's right. And I think the dramatic improvement, as I saw, as I saw it in my practice, was really shifting from just grouping the patients by those who need exams and those who need cleanings and etc. To just take in one patient, see what they need. If we can do it the same day, focusing on that same patient, you know, and that's what I call one piece flow in dentistry. Yeah, and and that seems so uh, revolutionary. Um, yeah, I, I think to personal experience, I'm sure is um, common. You know, with those multiple visits, uh, can you try to help us understand as a patient um, what what the flow would would feel like or what we would experience walking in the door, um, you know, in in your practice. Okay, to, to compare a little bit to what it used to be before. You know, you used to come to my office, sign in, and wait. Now, depending on the time of the day, maybe around noon, the wait could be one hour or two hours already because we were late with, with the other patients. Today, as you come into the office, you sign in your name, and someone guides you, guides you to your chair, to your treatment room right away. So yeah. within 30 seconds, wow. within 30 seconds, you are in the room. and we have either an assistant or a flow manager, which is a position that we implemented copying the supervisor, mm-hmm. the supervisor that they have at Toyota and the old books. Uh, today, they're called team leaders. Right. So someone would start treating you right away. Then if you need a dentist, the dentist will be there exactly at the time that the first provider has is done treating your teeth. So the dentist treats your teeth. And if you need a cleaning, as soon as I'm done, the hygienist comes to the chair and uh, she cleans your teeth. Mm -hmm. And let's say you have paperwork that normally we used to ask the patient to stop at the front desk. Today, the paperwork is done simultaneously. We call them parallel processes, just like in manufacturing. Mm -hmm. It's it's done simultaneously in the chair. As we are providing the, the treatment, you know, we have codes American Dental Association codes. And uh, someone goes to the computer and asks, what are you doing? And if we say filling, they know the code for a filling, so they're walking you out as we're working. Yeah. To where the patient, as soon as they, as we're done treating their teeth, all they have to do is maybe sign a couple of papers and they're, they're out the door. So you're saying you're, you're doing some of uh, the billing paperwork in parallel with some of the treatment? Yes, billing, okay. making the appointments, uh, any, anything that is normally paperwork done, done at the front desk mm-hmm. is done in parallel whenever possible. Wow. Because sometimes, let's say you have paperwork that shows you what the treatment is, that explains the treatment, and we, ha- we have to make sure you know that before we start so that we cannot make in parallel. Yeah. But anything else is done in parallel. Wow. And you mentioned this idea of you know, the, the different providers showing up all right after another without delay. Um, I, I guess the, the thing that seems amazing is how do you know exactly how long things would take to be able to um, to predict that and, and line up the activity so well? Well, that took us a long time to figure out, really years to figure mm-hmm. out. Okay. In fact, uh, we started by studying our tech time uh, for the most frequent procedure in the office, and that would be our cleanings. Okay. And then once we knew our tag time, we studied our cycle time to see how long a clinic takes. And uh, after we knew we knew both of these, we put cleanings as the foundation of our scheduling because this is the most frequent procedures mm-hmm. that, procedure done in the office. And we scattered the rest of the treatments around around the cleanings. Ah, okay. That was that was our first step. 
then uh, we studied how Toyota does uh, assembly. You know, you know how they send the schedule to the last person, to, to the assembly line. We did the same thing. We created a position of flow manager. The flow manager makes sure that treatment is flowing in every chair on every patient. And we gave them the schedule. We said, you are in charge of this schedule okay. since you are the last person. Mm-hmm. And what these people do, they create Kanban, service Kanban, we call it. Okay. And that, kan- that Kanban is just a flow, a flow chart, you know, that goes to the provider, to the next provider. Let's say she needs an assistant. We have a rectangle for assistant. And she says, now it's 9 o'clock and I need you, let's say, at 9.10. So she's given her 10 minutes to get ready before she goes to that patient. Uh, if you if you remember the story about passing the baton in a track relay, mm-hmm. we consider those 10 minutes as the passing zone. This is These are the 10 minutes where the assistant could prepare herself with the existing patient or with whatever she's doing to go take care of the next patient. Yeah. Then the assistant sends the Kanban to the dentist saying, it's 10 o'clock and I need you at 10.15, let's say. Mm-hmm. And the dentist can organize his or her time to where they can delegate to the existing assistant with them sure. so they could go back on time. So the way I see it today, your appointment at the dental office is really not only with the dentist, but with every provider, whether treatment provider or, or paperwork provider. Right. It could be, it could be up, up to six people treating you in the office. And we consider you have six appointments with those six people. And every one of them needs to be there on time, just in time, mm-hmm. exactly when they're needed. So your time would not be wasted and their time would not be wasted. Sure. And, and we've been very successful at it. I mean, I, I could say maybe over 90% of the cases we are within three to five minutes of, uh, of, the, of the time that, that's asked. And, and that's of, of starting, or do you measure any sort of um, delay that happens for the patient um, throughout the process? We measure, yes. We, ha- we really have very, very little delay. Now, I couldn't say we have absolutely no delay. Sure. We could, we, we went, I, I could easily say we went from an hour to two hours wait in our office to maybe less than five minutes in between, in between providers. Yeah. And I can imagine it's a challenge. Uh, I can only imagine the um, the variation in the process, or I guess maybe even like what happened on any assembly line. You have things that that go wrong. Um, uh-huh. Have you been able to adopt um, any of the the lean management practices or Toyota production system to you know to to react and, and do troubleshooting, problem solving when something does go wrong? To variation, you mean? Yeah. To- yeah, it's something yeah, taking longer than you expected it was going to based on you know, the type of patient, maybe. See, uh, cross-training has been very, very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 1996, 1997, I used to stop my office a whole day. Every Thursday, we would just do cross-training until everyone could uh, handle a patient from start to finish without needing any help from, uh, from the other staff members. Uh, that, that turned out to be very successful. So today, if a patient comes in and one assistant is late, uh, we have the flexibility of having another assistant work on them 
we have the flexibility of having the flow manager. The flow manager is very well trained in most areas to where she can take over until the assistant is free. So if you like, it's some kind of excess capacity that we have. Mm-hmm. But before, before adopting the position of, uh, of flow manager, that excess capacity was with a person sitting behind a desk. Mm-hmm. Now that same person, excuse me, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, so that person behind the desk didn't have the, the level of cross-training. They could only do that desk function. That's right. And they didn't have access also. They didn't have, they weren't in direct contact with the patient or with the team treating the patient. So if we had a question, we had to go to her desk and tell her what the question is. And then she would answer our question. Mm-hmm. Today, today she is in an area where she could hear what's happening. And most of the time, we don't even need to ask the question. She would overhear the conversation and from her desk that is very, very close to the treatment area. She could say, yes, your insurance would cover this and that. Or she would say, uh, we can see you tomorrow or the day after tomorrow because she's already looking at the schedule and oh, knowing okay. what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, so I, so, yeah, I see I mean, the, the parallel with the Toyota team leader role, actually knowing the work that's taking place and being able to jump in and help out. And, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So she goes in the line when she's needed. And uh, her other her other job is really to reduce waste from the line. Okay. And you mentioned the, the desk and where she's sitting. Uh, one thing I was really impressed with, uh, with your um, Shingo Prize uh, conference presentation was the, um, I guess, you know, the innovations and the, the improvements that you made to the office layout. You, you kind of alluded to that. I was wondering if you could um, talk through that process and, and the impact that the layout has had from a lean standpoint. Uh, the layout, the layout, I had studied a little bit of, uh, the cell concept, the U-shaped cell concept in lean, mm-hmm. you know, to have people not walk a lot. And, uh, we designed as, as much as we could, we designed the office around U-shaped cells. Uh, but then little by little, we improved on it to where people don't need to walk really just because we're treating the same patient, the team of dentists and hygienists are utilizing two to three chairs and they really don't have to communicate that much besides, besides looking at each other or sending a Kanban. Uh, the, we had an open, an open concept in the office to where just everybody could look everywhere and know what's going on. We know if mm-hmm. a chair is ready. We know uh, if someone needs help. We know if a patient is waiting. So the openness and the visual management, we emphasize that a lot in the office. Yeah. Uh, and the Shingo Prize, we also talked about the results. We had very good results. But here I want to, I want to mention something since, uh, since you took the initiative of directing people towards article, uh, that were, that, that were written in here in Jacksonville in our local newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the local newspaper said that I won the Shingo Prize. And I want to correct that. Mm-hmm. I did not win the Shingo Prize because there is still no Shingo Prize for dentistry. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, they mentioned that by mistake. They had in a fact. What I go ahead. Uh, they had a defect in their article. I guess that's right. <laughs> they need to mistake proof it. Uh, what what I won was just the title that I am the world's first clean dentist, ah, which I'm very yeah. proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, there's so many um, improvements that you know 
you appeared to make within the practice and in terms of the process and, and the layout. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about um, the people side of Lean because it really sounded like you were doing a lot to involve um, you know, the entire office and, and everybody as a, a true team. I was wondering if you could talk about that process, um, maybe you know, in, in developing people and, and how that's worked for you. Um, see, the, you you see a lot of people. You see a lot of writings that people are important in lean. In fact, I think people are everything in lean. Yeah. Uh, I just had the advantage of learning lean as I go with my with my uh, staff, and uh, the routine is that every morning we meet for fifteen minutes, and th- during those fifteen minutes we bring a problem, mm-hmm. and someone someone comes up with a problem on the on the floor you know in the in the clinic and then they come to me and they say i would like this problem to be to be tomorrow's topic and then we bring it up and we try to find a solution together and if we don't have a problem then we just come up with a lean principle and we say how can we improve our practice to fit that lean principle yeah one of the things that were that took a lot of imagination for instance is uh, Overproduction. We couldn't figure out what overproduction was, mm-hmm. so we asked ourselves the question in the in the morning meeting: what What do you think overproduction would be? And uh, we couldn't we couldn't figure it out. So we kept the question uh, pending, and as we worked, my assistant would say, "Well, here you're taking an impression for a patient who's coming next time, and they might need it, they might not need. That's overproduction." And Little by little, we started figuring out what overproduction is until we th- we wanted to find a solution for overproduction. And then we found that Kanban is really the solution to overproduction. And that's how we came up with the idea of adopting the Kanban system of the Toyota production system. So the, the parallel you drew to um, overproduction in a manufacturing environment was... Um, Related to the patient waiting time, then doing more of one type of work than the next provider could could take care of, or that's right. Okay. Uh, doing any anything more than we needed to, or anything earlier than we needed to, and the most dramatic results we had were really in uh, verifying insurance. We had a person who would work full time on verifying insurance mm-hmm. for our patients, so she would verify today's patient's insurance, tomorrow's patient's, and she would go until the end of the month. Now, by the time by the time she reached the end of the month, the schedule has changed a little bit for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So she goes back and she does tomorrow's, and the schedule has changed for af- for the day after, and she would mm-hmm. go back. And it was, she was working full-time on that. Wow. So I said, uh, Christine, what do you think just-in-time would be <laughs> for this process? Mm-hmm. And she said, Let's figure out exactly how long it takes us to verify a patient's insurance. And she tracked it for a full month yeah. with, with Alexia. So they both tracked it for a full month. And then at the end of the month, they uh, put the insurance companies in four categories. Uh, the very easy, the simple, the medium, and the complex. And some of them, it took us 30 seconds to verify over the internet or mm-hmm. over a program that the insurance company provides. Uh-huh. Some others would keep you on hold for 30 minutes. So she had, she had these four, four groups. And for the two four groups, she decided not to verify insurance until the patient was in the office because it takes a minute to do it. 
for uh, for for the for the second group, she said, first I confirm tomorrow's appointments, mm-hmm. and if someone says I'm not coming, then uh-huh. I'm not going to verify their insurance. Uh-huh. And then after a week, she said, Doctor Barry, I want to show you the numbers. I want to show you how how many hours I worked, and uh, she showed me the number. It was three and a half hours. I said, that's good. You cut your day in half. She said, no, that's three and a half hours a month. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was, that was very dramatic. And uh, that allowed her to take some uh, more responsibilities from uh, Marissa, who, used, who still runs the front desk. Mm-hmm. And Marissa became a flow manager. So ju- just this simple process gave yeah. us so much time. Yeah, and, and I like the way you responded to you know the the situation there of you know using it as an opportunity to provide cross training and, and I'm sure that sent such a powerful message that you know nobody was going to uh, I assume work their way out of a job um, by finding improvements. That's right. No, no. Uh, in fact, three years ago, uh, Candice was the, we called her the treatment coordinator, which means every new patient and we had a lot of new patients. Uh, you. You give them a treatment plan, and they would go to her. She had her own office with a computer program, and she would explain to them their treatment plan, and she would do their financial arrangements. So you had a line waiting for her. We said, Candice, why don't we train the rest of the of the staff mm-hmm. so they could help you with it? And that's what we did. And uh, we were able to present the treatment plans in the different rooms. And guess what happened? Candice had nothing to do. Ah. <laughs> so she had nothing to do. And she really suffered from it for a couple of years because she was coming to the office and she was bored. Mm. And But we had promised that nobody would lose their job over improvement. Right. You know? So she, she was the living proof of nobody yeah. losing their job. But she suffered a lot from it. And I thank her a lot. Uh, today, she became a flow manager with Marissa. Mm-hmm. So we have two flow managers and uh, she waited, but now she's very happy because she's been able to help every patient who comes in the office. Oh, good. Yeah. And you had mentioned, uh, you know, before uh, launching lean and improvement initiatives that turnover had been a problem. Has, has, has lean and, and this you know, new style dentist office of yours um, helped, you know, eliminate or reduce that problem? Uh, it's almost non non-existent. Yes. It's almost non-existent. I mean, people have been with us for six, seven, twelve years, and uh, I wouldn't trade them for anybody else. And oh, yeah. I don't think I don't think they could they could work in a different office today. Yeah. See, the problem with the old system is that everybody trains the assistants the same way. Right. Although offices are different. Yeah. But staff are trained the same way. So. Moving from one office to the other really doesn't doesn't seem to make any difference. Mm-hmm. But here, they're always thinking, they're always trying to improve their own lives. And uh, they know that I'm not going to be able to find them ways to make the office better for them unless they give me ideas. Yeah. So any ideas to make their life easier, I'm, I'm for it. First, we start with the ideas that don't cost us money. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then as we improve, we make more money, then we go with the ideas that cost a little bit of money and then more money. And uh, and they, they, they know the routine, you know, and they go with it. They're happy with it. Yeah. They seem happy. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear because, you know, and, and sometimes people 
are afraid when they uh, you know they hear this idea of lean and they think oh this is just another you know management system to make me work harder or that it's you know it's going to all the benefit will go to uh, management and it sounds like this has really been a case of you know um, sharing the improvements and, and and really thinking about the long term for the office that's that's really great to hear that, that's right we share the improvements uh, and we share the benefits too uh, their, their their ideas are always welcome and they know that yeah. you know I, I one of the things that I tried to do since the beginning was not to ask anybody to trust me as I'm coming up with new ideas because at the beginning I was studying a lot and coming up with new ideas mm-hmm. I said I said I don't want you to trust what I say we are going to try it on a small scale and that's the P, small PDCA yeah we would try something in one room with one assistant and if it's successful we share it with the rest of them they would come and see what we're doing and if they like it we do we do it with whoever volunteers to do it mm-hmm. and we spread it over the office slowly then I give them the possibility to stop me every time they feel I'm not treating the patient the way that they think should be to, mm-hmm. should be done. Like if they have any doubt about any treatment plan, even the med- I mean the medical part. If uh, if uh, cosmetically, let's say we're doing front teeth and they look at them and they don't like them, they just say it in front of the patient. Mm-hmm. If uh, we if we placed a restoration or a crown in a patient's mouth and they come six months later and the hygienist sees that there's a gap, it doesn't conform to the to exactly what needs to be done in dentistry, she just schedules them for a free redo with me. Oh, she doesn't okay. have to consult with me. Mm-hmm. If they feel we over we overcharge the patient for some reason, maybe they waited too long, maybe uh, we did maybe the, the service needs to be downgraded, they have the freedom to do it without referring to anybody. Oh, great. Yeah. So I, I, try to, I try to prove to them that what I'm saying is serious, that we will do only what works. Yeah. And if, if the change is an improvement and they approve it, we'll adopt it. Yeah. If the change is not an improvement, we'll just not adopt it. Yeah. And, and that's a hard, a difficult mindset to get across that it's okay to experiment and try things and decide, you know what, that that's not okay. We're not going to do that. Right. That's right. They always have a way to go back to the old habits, yeah. but guess what? They never did. They never did. Not because I forced them just because once they see the benefit, they don't want to go back. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it sounds, it certainly sounds like you're not going back. I mean, from, from your standpoint as uh, you know, looking at your practice and as, as a dentist, um, what would you say the benefits um, from lean have been for for you and your practice? Well, obviously, the pride in worksmanship. You know, mm-hmm. I'm 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 very proud to see that my patients don't wait. Yeah. Like a few years ago, they would come in the chair and they would tell me, Doctor Barry, what are, what are you going to do about? It? You made me wait. <laughs> yeah. And I say, I say, I say, I can't do anything about it. I've been trying for years. There's nothing I can do. Well, today I say, you see, we were waiting for you. You weren't waiting for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, that, that's one. Yeah. Financially, it's been, financially, obviously, it's been very good for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, then keeping, keeping my staff is very precious. Yeah. Today, today, if you talk to medical professionals in all fields, uh, staff turnover is a huge problem. And uh, to me, it's almost solved by lean. 
plus um, treating our patients, consolidating treatment like we're doing it instead of several visits. If I stay four hours with one patient, that gives me a lot of time to discuss whatever they need. Yeah. You know, in four hours, if you consolidate all that treatment, it gives you a lot of time to really give your patients whatever they want. And from our surveys, they are, they are very happy. Okay. Patients are very happy. Uh, my employees seem to be very happy. They come up with a lot of great ideas. And uh, once the patient is not mad at them, as <laughs> they used to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, it reflects on their work and it reflects on, uh, it reflects on the develop, on the development of the practice, yeah. the growth. Yeah. And it, you know, seeing that you, know, you and your office do seem you know, very committed to continuous improvement. Uh, what, what would you say are the biggest challenges that you face today, even with uh, all of the improvements you've made so far? The challenges I face today, um, are no, are no different from the challenges I had in the past. Uh, when we come up with a big idea that needs a lot of change, then first I have a hard time convincing myself. And then I still have a hard time convincing everybody in the office. Mm -hmm. So we keep, we, we today, just like 12 years ago, we use a small PDCA cycle. We say, okay, is it worth trying? If it's worth trying, let's try it on a small scale. Uh, we don't want to make everybody's life miserable just by changing everything in the office. Right. So we try. We still we still try on a small scale. We haven't changed anything. I I still find the challenge the challenges are the same. You know, just people and uh, convincing people. I I always try to prove to them that it works. Yeah. And if if it works and I have their their approval, then we go forward. Seems like such great advice that you know. I think anybody listening could um, relate to, or you know, it, that's that's an idea that I think any of us could take back to our workplaces. That's uh, really like the way you put that. Thank you, thank you. Well, um, we're we're about running short on time here. There was one question I wanted to touch on uh, briefly that came from um, one of our listeners, Jeff. He had asked about. Uh, you know, if, if you were aware of anybody using um, the training within industry methods, um, either for, for training or, or any other purposes within uh, doctor's offices. I am, I am not aware of anybody using it. I personally have the theor theoretical knowledge of training within industry. <clears throat> I, think, I think it has to be a great program. I know that if you ask me a year from now, a great deal of it would be, applied in my practice because one one main reason for me is because it came from this society mm -hmm. so so it has to fit the western culture you know a lot of people think that the toyota production system and lean coming from japan <laughs> right is is uh co conforms to their to their society mm -hmm. you know now the basis of it is being found to be in training within industry right and and I like that a lot because it conforms to our society here in the in the US and people can relate to it. So I I find training within industry very promising. Yeah, very promising. Well, maybe we can follow up and, and hear about your progress there um, and with your progress with the office in general. If um, you know, any of our listeners um, have follow up questions, maybe we could get together and do this again. Any of them is, are welcome. 
you can give him my email and uh, I'll be happy to answer or on your, I'll be happy to come back on your blog. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I, I feel like we've just barely scratched the surface in a half an hour. Um, I know there's a, a lot of things that, that you've done uh, with Lean in your dental office. Are, are there any final thoughts or, or maybe a final story that you would want to share with the listeners before we wrap up? Well, final thought, I want to encourage everybody to, to give it a chance mm-hmm. uh, because it has improved care in our office so dramatically that I am very excited about it. And I would like to really preach it to everyone who who is willing to give it a try, mm-hmm. you know. And once you started, I think you'll get the virus because everyone I know yeah. has got the lean virus and they don't want to stop. Yeah. Well, that's great yeah. to hear, and, and and that's great advice. So once again, I want to thank you, uh, you know, for taking time out of your schedule and and doing the podcast with us. It's really been enjoyable learning about um, you know your story and what you've been doing. Thanks for receiving me. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.